You're listening to Straight Talk Whichever. Wait, Daddy, are you making any money off of this? Oh, okay. Oh, I can phone check. Check, 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 yeah. Assassin. I love my mic. And my mic loves me. It's my only true friend. Uh, proof that your mic's in the air. If you real. She loves me and I love her. If you really spit that real. Check it out. Look, when I want competition, I just look in the mirror with every word that I'm spitting. Then the vision is clearer. Nobody touching what I'm clutching, plus I'm busting it first. Yes, your chest will be a mess by the end of the verse. Your body stretched out like a book on the pavement. People pass by as they look in the maze. Your body leaking, your genetics got you looking so pathetic. No need to call the paramedics, it's too late for anesthetic. Me and my microphone. Me and my microphone. What's up, Straight Talk Society? This is your host, Trevor, and I am back with another episode of Straight Talk with Trevor, the podcast where no topic is off limits. Before we get into tonight's show, I have a couple of announcements. Back in 2001, March of 2021, um, the Straight Talk with Trevor podcast was born off of a couple of conversations that I would have at like backyard picnics and things like that. Um, And I mentioned to my wife, you know, one day it'd be fun. I told her, I said, it'd be funny if I had a podcast and um, didn't know that she jumped right on it and she created on a podcast. And another uh, one of my friends who's actually going to be on the show tonight, she sent me a link to a podcast to how to create a podcast just based on a conversation that I saw her having on a Facebook post arguing with someone. And I was like, man, I think I could do this. Not knowing that my wife had already done it. She sent me that. She sent me that uh, link and told me I now have a show. I sat in my office and what did I say? March? No, sorry. It was January, January 21st. Yeah. January 21st, 2021. Sorry. And I sat in my office and recorded what was seven minutes of the worst podcast intro you could ever hear. Uh, I, I was so not prepared. Um, and I every time I listen to it now, I just cringe. But I kept going. I recorded my shows. You know, one show ended up to be in two, two into five. And then around maybe the fifth or sixth episode, I started to get a little depressed just because I thought that the, you know, I just thought like, damn, a lot of people know me. So naturally, my show is going to be popular right off the bat. And let's just let's just say it was very humble beginnings 
in the beginning, you know, to a point where I was like, man, this isn't worth it. You know, I was just recording it straight into my phone. So it's not like I was spending any money or anything, but it was just the time that it, it took to do it. And I gave up, gave up for about six months. Um, I was watching a, a live stream and Kev on stage said that if you're ever going to be a good podcaster, you have to do at least 100 episodes to perfect it. And it just, I don't know why that lit a fire under me, but it did. And I made it, I made a, a vow to myself that I was going to see it through and I was just going to do it until I just knew that there was absolutely no audience. That would have been the only way that I was going to stop. I invent, I invested in new equipment. You know, I got my equipment. I got, I've spent hundreds of dollars on microphones if you see my my mixing board, it's like top quality, things like that. I even bought a new computer strictly for the podcast. I just I just I wanted to just do something that I felt like could just change not the world, but just change my circle. So many times we get together and all we do is just talk about foolishness and things like that. But I wanted to do something that would just spark challenge in people's minds just make them think like man what if I changed my thinking this way or man that made me think I'm gonna go home and think about that it's gonna make me look look different to how I view the community so my listens started going up I remember when I got my first 300 listens I was just so so happy um when I got my first thousand I was just through the roof the listens continued to go up. I went from a thousand to two thousand, and it just kept going up, kept going up, until I hit about five thousand. And I was like, "Man!" I told my wife one day, I said, "You know what? It would be funny if this show could get ten thousand listens." And I just started this campaign where I was just any post that I posted, whether on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, I would always put a hashtag "Race to Ten K." And that was my way of reminding myself always that I want 10,000 listens on this show. And I gave myself to the end of this year, 2022. Well, what was it? Friday morning. It was Thursday or Friday. I woke up and I checked the analytics like I always do. And this little podcast had surpassed 10,000 listens. And I was like, holy shit. I couldn't believe it, man, because I, in the back of my mind, I was like, I think I could do it, but not really sure. But, you know, now that it's there, it's like, oh, man, the sky is the limit. And I thank the Straight Tall Society. I thank those that took the time out just to hit the play button. I always say, you don't have to like my show, but I do ask that you listen. Just listen to one. You listen to one, if you don't think it's for you, then fine, you know. But I believe that if you listen to my show, something in it will grab you. And something in it will make you be like, boy, you know what? It's worth coming back to. And now that we've reached over 10,000 shows, not going anywhere. That was just a personal goal that I wanted. Now the sky's the limit. Now I'm looking to 20,000, 50,000, 100,000. Someday a million, you know, I just I, I think that this 
type of show. This show isn't talking about foolishness. That's the thing. I could talk about anything. There's nothing that impacts the black community that I cannot talk about in this show. And that's the thing. A lot of people are just limited to one area. If it's something I don't know about, I know somebody who knows about it and I'll get in contact with them. So I just want you guys to know from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. I salute you. I pour a drink for you for following me, um, listening to me because it it has not been easy. And there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes of this doing this show is just not as easy as pushing the play button. It would be if I was doing the show on my own. If I was just doing my own show, then fine. I could just come sit in the office and hit play. That's not how that works. When you do a show like this where you're constantly getting guests, you have to always alter to their schedule. And there's a lot of rescheduling. Like the show that you're going to hear tonight should have happened a month ago. But, you know, everything happens in its own perfect timing. And also tonight will be my 50th show. This is the real number 50 of the of, of the Straight Talk with Trevor podcast. I know I was going to do a men's roundtable. We're still going to do the men's roundtable, but... This show, um, things worked out where I was able to get it recorded tonight, so I had to get it done. Um, but I just say we have, we're working on some shows that are just, listen, I don't want to tell you the shows that I'm working on because if, if, if they don't happen and I already tell you, then everybody's going to be pissed. But I am working on two shows in particular that if I could land those guests this is going to be the most insane thing I've ever done. And God, I hope that it comes through. But tonight's show is going to be uh, another When Worlds Collide. And this this one is going to be with Mia, our resident. Um, uh, God, I keep forgetting. Marriage and family therapist and Michael. And we're going to discuss a taboo subject in our community. You know, it's time to stop kidding ourselves and saying, oh, is there a divide? Or uh, black men and a black woman aren't divided. Yeah, we, we are divided. Let's, let's just call it what it is. But tonight we're going to try to get some questions as to why. What caused a divide between the black man and the black woman? So... This was a conversation, a phone conversation that we just had recently. Um, I, I, I think that you guys are going to love it. And I'm going to continue to pour out, like to give top notch shows. Even if I don't come with a show weekly, it's not because I lost passion. It's just because I'm waiting for the perfect show to drop. I'd rather go a couple of weeks without a show than to give you anything. You know, so and it's it's all about lining up my guests whenever they come. It's better now that I could do the call, do the do the interviews over the phone. I haven't done an in person interview in a while, um, so the doing them over the phone seems to be really um convenient for all parties. So, you know, with that being said, I'm I'm I don't think I'm going to have to come back and close out the show because we're going to give you a lot in this episode tonight. So sit back. Get yourself something to drink, open up your ears, and enjoy When Worlds Collide, Michael and Mia, What Cause 
the divide between the black man and the black woman. Until next time, I leave you with these words. Always seek out the truth for yourself, because if not, you'll fall victim to other people's interpretation of them. Peace. On the phone with me, I have Mia and Michael. How you guys doing? We are good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Um, That's what's up? So this is this is part. This is this is my second edition of the When Worlds Collide series that I'm doing on the podcast. And tonight's topic is going to be because it's time for us to stop stop pretending. So we've always asked the question, like, is there really a divide between the black man and the black woman? Um, emphatically, yes, there is. So tonight's show is entitled, What Cause the Divide Between the Black Man and the Black Woman? So I'll start with you first, Mia. Do you believe there's a divide between the black man and the black woman? I mean, divide is a very strong word. I think that there has been systemic forces, and I hate to use forces because then I feel sound like I'm, you know, talking about some force of good and evil. But there has been things that have happened to the black communities historically over time that have caused a divide between the black man and the black woman. So before you you can, before you go into that, okay. Yeah. Before you go into that, I just want to know. So, but you do believe that there is one. Yeah. I believe that we are, we're there. There's a lack of cohesion. Okay. As it relates to how we are experiencing the world. Michael, same question to you. I think there's definitely a divide. And the the reasons why are multi-layered. But if you're just asking the question, is there a divide? It's 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 to me it's obvious. Okay. But there definitely is a divide. Okay. So now, so we we all we all agree that there is a divide. So now, let's have the conversation. And, you know, we can we could just go round robin however you want to do it. But what what is the main me? Because you were getting ready to go into a, a, a bunch of stuff. What is the main factor that you think caused a divide? Well, I know there's a whole subset of people that hate when we reference slavery for what is happening. Oh, baby girl. And how we are structured and how we experience the world. Like, it's always like, oh, that happened so many years ago. And, oh, it doesn't have anything to do with what's happening right now. And, oh, it wasn't my ancestors. It was, I mean, it wasn't me. It was my ancestors. Like, people just want us to just forget about it, right? Just move on. And, unfortunately, it is within our own community. Like, there are black people that are sharing that same narrative to say that slavery had no impact on the family structure as it is and it absolutely did a structure a system cannot take that many beatings and survive and not and 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 we don't even realize that even the families that present as a unit and families that are thriving are thriving against all odds michael jump in 
it's funny, right? Because I didn't think she was, I thought she was going to go a totally different direction. That's literally what I believe. I, I have a saying where it's, if you look at anything wrong in the black community, you could trace it back to slavery and an angry, rich white guy, like everything. And I, I, I wholeheartedly mean it. So let like, me, let me, let I've, me stop had, you. Let me stop you right there. Don't, don't lose that thought because it's very interesting that you said that there was a big debate that happened this week um, between Dr. Umar Johnson and I'm going to be nice and Cynthia G um, where Umar was bringing up systematic racism and slavery and this and that. And Cynthia G basically told him that black men need to get out of the past and stop blaming that for everything. So now continue. All right. If you, if you want to talk about her, she's a harbinger of hate. That's just who she is. She, who was the person that you cited? Cause I couldn't hear you broke up. Uh, Cynthia G, I believe is her name. Yeah. Cynthia. G. She's just, she's just an, an angry person because she, <laughs> Arguing with her is like arguing with like a kid who just read a book and they just read a, a book on hamburgers and they think they know more about it than you who's lived and eaten more hamburgers than they've ever you know, seen, seen in their life. It's like because in one moment she'll say, oh, these black men need to stop thinking about slavery and referencing it. And then the next moment she'll go, well, they're part of white supremacy because they as soon as slavery, they were choosing white women. It's like you can't have it both ways. You can't pick and choose what you want to stand as like the penultimate or not penultimate, the ultimate uh, reason for something. You can't pick and choose. It, it's either the reason or it's not. And slavery is definitely the reason. I mean, slavery is the reason for pretty much all of our issues. Uh, you have a whole community who they took the smartest, the most, let's say the, the well-adjusted and they murdered them for centuries they murdered the intelligence out of our gene pool and we're still smart but they murdered the intelligence out of our gene pool then when we finally got some close reference of freedom and then we, we started building our own towns they killed them too Me Over think think of the amount of think of the amount of of, of intelligent people in every racial demographic and mm -hmm. now just think of for system we're just going to kill Mm -hmm. a multitude of them and and what's going to happen and then they go hey pull yourself up by your bootstraps come on buddy and then oh, they okay. wonder why you have people who are ready to wild out and don't care they're like how come they're always angry why is it you killed all the sensible relaxed ones now you got to deal with the i ain't, i'm not putting i'm not putting up with it you got to deal with those dudes you know how they used to say back in the day you got black people and you got the n words mm -hmm. you kill all the black people you got to deal with the n words i don't know what to tell you all right, That's Mia, why I'm all for it. I'm all for it when they snap and they go off on them. Like, go get them. <laughs> Mia, jump in, jump in real quick. You know, Michael is going to give the un, um, unfiltered yes. truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only truth I, I know. Right. I think there's definitely multiple variables. Like, it's multiple layers of it. And if you, if you're not if you're not a black person in 2022 that is not connected to the fact that systemic racism a still exists and that it has had a significant impact on our culture, our our history, and who we are as people, then I don't I don't want to shake your hands. Okay, let me it's ask you, let me let me ask you guys a question. So we we all agree that racism is is the stem of all this and the root of all of this. So how come in 2022 we're still allowing it to divide us. 
how come how come we now live in a society in a community where we have so many black women saying, hey, I don't need a black man anymore. You know, let me kick him out of the house. Let me I don't need him anymore. I, I make more money. I can do everything on my own now. That's what, what that's what's causing the divide. Where is that coming from? And, you know, you and it's like you're making your statement from a male vantage point and I'm making my statement from a female vantage point where I feel there's a lot of successful black men that are like, I don't want a black woman, you know, and it's like I'm choosing to be with somebody else because I have all of these issues with black women instead of it just being, you know, choose us over everything you know what I mean like I don't I don't hear Asian people having a conversation of all of the things that they don't like about Asian men and vice versa and why they go outside of their race like there's a difference between you talking about you love somebody and you fall in love with them and you know but when you start to say that this is your preference because all black women are this then I'm like let's sit down and have a real conversation and figure out where did this come from how did this become your narrative because your mother is black and if your issue is is with your mother you need to deal with that issue and not bring it across the board and make it part of your sexual experience your work experience your like it, it consumes you to the point where you can't even make a decision or live a lifestyle outside of the hate and the disgust that you have for your own mother because you have issues with that so like I say, I don't have a problem with people saying, hey, I love who I love and I don't, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to who's attracted to me. But when you're saying like, I don't date black women and I don't like black women because they're loud, they're this, they're that. When you have this checklist and you are, you are completely against meeting and dating a black woman because of xyz i'm like why just give me the why and let's have a conversation about it because it started somewhere there's a root to every evil michael where's that <laughs> out on, in I, your heart i don't want to cut you michael chime in because i know you want to sound off on this and i got something to say after that honestly i i cannot i cannot disagree i don't even like the word preferences i think preferences when when guys say it, it's it's putting women as a monolith. Like, oh well, all these women that have these characteristics are like that, and they're not. Because to this day, I've never met, I have not met two blondes that are the same. I know mm-hmm. people say they're all ditzy and they're this and they're that. They're not the same. Some are some are dumb this way. Some is this way. Some are intelligent. There's no two black women the same. I can I could go off the the, the history of the black women I've known in school. None of them were the same. Then a couple of them might have a little couple of ratchet tendencies, but that's where you grew up. That's why it's you know they say uh, nature versus nurture. That's nurture. If we if they all grow up in the same type of environment, you're going to have the same type of of uh, characteristics. But that that's not who they are. Right. That's you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. That's not who they are. Now it's the same for guys because when I hear women talk all the time now, it's oh, uh, all these black men are this or black men are that. And I look at them and it's funny because they're talking to me and I'm like, so you're saying I'm like that? Oh, no, no, not you. You're different. And I'm like, I'm not different. I'm a black man. You've known me for years. We're having the same conversation. I'm a black man. You've known me. Black men, you can't say all black men if I'm sitting here staring at you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and that's 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 that is the crux of the problem with us. Number one, we're too sensitive. That's what, and I mean, as a race. We're too sensitive. We let things get us so worked up 
we let things get us so angry. And instead of trying to break it down and find out what's causing it, we just rage. And it, and it, and it, and it ticks me off. Like, uh, you know what? I almost took it somewhere else. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So I'm just saying, yo, go as, ahead, a, as, it, as, a, as a, as a race, we know there's issues, but we're not solving it. We're just fighting. So let me, let me that's what hurts my feelings. Let me, because let me, I love black women. Like if you go on my page right now, you'll see equal parts. Women telling me they think I, I, I love black women. And then another half of the women telling me I'm a misogynist and I hate black women, which is insane. And, and you can ask, and I believe you could have, give any of those women, uh, what do you call it? The lie detector test. And they'll both come back telling the truth because they really feel that way. But, None of them know who I am. None of them have had a real conversation with me. They just see things I post, and they never ask the question. I had a girl I've known for years who just said, uh, you just posted this. I can't believe it. You're disgusting and rude. And then I told her, I said, yo, that's funny because you'll talk to me if I post something, you know, whatever, and you'll come hit me up and say, yo, uh, I, I, had, I was confused about you saying this. But when it comes to something that triggered her, there was no conversation to be had. It was automatic. I'm a piece of crap. Right. And I was you know what I mean? I was just about to go there. Don't, 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 don't do any segues for me anymore. Okay. But (laughs) (laughs) the damage, the damage, the damage, the damage. I think the only thing that I would like to um, pull out was when you said we're too sensitive and I don't know if it's sensitive or is it the fact that we're so damaged? I think we can be both targeted damage like because you can only you're only responding to a cut that's present you only reacting to a trauma that's present like you always have to ask that question because you know and i'm going to put on my therapist hat because i know it has sometimes it surfaces is that when you become defensive you have to think about what is it that you're protecting Right. When somebody is defensive and opposing, what are you protecting? Are you defensive? You Are you defending and protecting your ego or are you defensive because your child is in danger and you're and you're being defensive, defensive of that? What are you being defensive of? What are you protecting when you have when you strike? And that will give people a true reflection of what's really bothering you. What's the problem? Why can't we have a conversation about what's wrong in our community and actually do something to fix it? Because I am I am the person on the other side that's like, yes, I love love. And I think that people have this great capacity to love. And there's all these, you know, opportunities to be united. And yes, you do hear the narrative of those people that are dogging each other and talking about, bad about black men and black men talk about bad about white women i mean white women oh lord where that came from about (laughs) black women i hear that i see the facebooks i see the tiktoks and i'm like how did this become who we are let me let me let me let me let me me hop in real quick because um so i i was i was having a conversation with a co-worker a white co-worker uh friday about the woman king um i'm not even going to get into that michael me and you will get into that on man talk monday um (laughs) <laughs> but it it led into a whole nother conversation. And I asked him a question. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, you're a white guy. I'm a black guy. I said, have you ever collectively seen a group of white of white women collectively, vocally out in front in public talking bad about white men? 
I said, think about it. He, he came back to me in 10 seconds. No. I said, they may talk about him behind closed doors, but they'll never do it out in public. I said, let me ask you again. Have you ever seen a group of Asian women doing that? He said, no. Have you ever seen Hispanic women doing that? He said, no. I said, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen black women do that? He said, all the time. So here's my thing. Why, why are black women, why do, like, what has happened that and I'm not saying these other races they don't they don't um they don't talk bad about their men. That's not what I'm saying. But you aren't seeing white people making songs f you bitch f you ho f you da 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 da. You're not doing that. But you know who you are seeing doing that? Black people. You know whose women you are seeing going out on public places talking about the black man ain't shit. The black man is a dog. I'm leaving the black man. I don't want nothing to do with the black man. I got. I could do my own. I make more money. I do this this and this and this. Whether you feel that or not, why is it so okay for us to go out in public and do that and, and display to the world like, hey, I hate my partner versus other oh, races? Please, let me get on this first. Please let me get on this first. Go ahead. <laughs> no, ladies please. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, let me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, to be honest with you, so, and I'm going to answer this from, you know, my, my, my 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 therapist hat because that's the only way I know how to answer right now without putting my feelings into it is that when you have a race that I, has I want your feelings hatred, in it though I want your feelings in it also I, I do but like when you have a race <laughs> I mean it's, it's my feelings too but when you have a race that have been taught to hate yourself mm. like we're not having that conversation and it goes back to so many aspects of who you are not being good enough and being publicly shared on multiple platforms that who you are and how you show up in this world is not good enough. That self-hate, it materializes. And so, and I'm going to use a simple example of, for instance, of how, for instance, black women, you come into this world and the minute you are cognizant of your hair. You are taught that it's not good enough. Your mother starts to comb your hair, part it, grease it, put it down, tame it. Because there's something about you that needs to be tamed. And you are taught that as early as the first part of grooming, that becomes a, 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 a context of how you view the world and how you live. And then we go into, you know, the whole era of what beauty is and then skin tone and the image of what a black woman is publicly. And you keep playing that on a loop. You are taught to hate yourself. So if I don't even love who I am, I can't love the partner that I am supposed to be with to co-create. Then what I needed to accomplish to make sure this race don't continue is already done. Bars. <laughs> I'm oh, so upset. I'm so upset. Like I was. I'm, I'm in the exact same vein. I believe, like I said, everything starts from slavery and white supremacy. They we had a taught hatred of self, and there's never been. If you think about it, there's never been anything instituted by anyone to heal that. It's right. been our own. You were this and that. Uh, you're, you're the N word, and it means you're wretched. This and that, and, that. and the closest thing we've ever done to healing is taking the N word for ourselves. That's the only thing we've ever done. And I tell people all the time, we don't have a culture. There is no black culture. Our culture is surviving slavery. Like, 
America, that's all. Everything that we consider culture is just surviving slavery. The closest we've come to it since then is hip-hop. That's it. There's no, like, we've passed this down from generations of love. No, it's they mm. eat chitlins. They eat chitlins because that's what messed throughout. Like, that's that's the whole culture. Mm. That's what it is. And it's, 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 it's never been here. And if you look at what white supremacy, what white supremacy, uh, what white supremacy does now, it's not let's celebrate these women who are doing great things. It's oh, you want to be famous? You better fit this mold of an ex stripper who's a rapper now, or you you walk to the mall with a thong on, or that's the only thing that gets pushed. Every show on VH1 is how how willing how how uh, much more willing of a slut are you willing to be for this one man? than another woman every show every and anything if you think about it all the black women that have become popular have come from this line have come from the love and hip-hop have come from the trying to uh look at me i'm I'm doing the slut walk and they're all they get is the crumbs because they'll never let you get the high end you know who they give the high end to they give the high end to the kardashians because the kardashians are literally and I mean literally whoring themselves out. Mm. They've been whoring themselves out from jump. If you see the little things Ray J been putting out, she, <laughs> the mother made them do a second sex tape so they could judge it against the first one to see which one to, was the better one to put out and then blame him for it. Right. But nobody, you know nobody talk about that no more. Nobody's saying a word. You telling me this girl, this, <laughs> this woman pimped her daughter out and then pimp their other daughters out to make a billion dollar franchise, but now they're respected? No, I don't. I do not respect them. They're a brothel. That's what I see the Kardashians as. They're a brothel. And for some reason, white America smiles at them. Hey, Kardashians, what have you? No, you have no talent. You did nothing but sleep with black men and take half their money. That's all she did. Not to mention the essence of what they believe black women look like. The black hair, nope. the lips, the butt. Nope. Hello. And now you take on the the structure of what you consider black and as your own and you create it and make it a, a, a Kardashian thing when you know my ancestors have been walking around with that shape, that look um, for years and now it has value because it's on somebody other than a black woman. That is a fact. They couldn't wait for a J-Lo to pop up to be like, oh my God, the butt. And I was like, this that's Charlene booty from fifth grade. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that booty from fifth grade. You that's the same thing. What are you talking about? No, I'm not joking. That's the same booty. I see that booty every day. <laughs> you look now I gotta say bars. <laughs> so okay, so so let me let let's 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 bring it back here. Um because I want I want to I want to bring some numbers in because I got me and you know me and Michael will just jibber jabber but me is, is the professional here. Um, 1964, <laughs> 1964, and I, I think you know where I'm going with this. President Lyndon B. Johnson um, started to get generous with uh, welfare. Oh shoot! Um, yeah, we got we got to go there. Um, what what part? What role do you think welfare? Has played in the this this line of division between the black and the black man and the and the black woman, because um, you know now, as you heard Wayne say, and I, I got to get you on with Wayne Mia because because I think you two will, will be fantastic with each other, but you heard Wayne say that 
they they gave them the welfare and and as in a, and kind of to replace the man. So what, I say that all the time. Yeah, what role do you guys think welfare played in that? Ladies first. Go ahead. Always. That. So it's you know I'm a little I'm a little torn between that statement because you know statistically speaking there are more white people on welfare than black people right mm-hmm. so it goes back to what is being taught right what is the messaging to little black girls because i'm going to be honest with you like a white woman is groomed from the time that she is uh cognizant of finding a partner that you need to find a suitable mate to take care of you. That's, I mean, like, and then, you know, from whatever slavery was, it was the white woman that benefited the most, you know, she stayed at home. She was well taken care of. Like she take care of the plantation, everything centered around that plantation was centered around her needs and her wants. So you already have this idea that, you know, that I'm supposed to be taken care of. And I like, I don't know that the, that, (laughs) what is it? Welfare did what it was. I don't think welfare is it. Welfare is the problem, right? It goes back to who were you before welfare came out? And who are you now? Like, it's just like somebody that come into money, like whoever, whatever personality you were or whatever you believe about yourself before you have money is going to be the same person that you were afterwards. It's just going to be metastasized and bigger and on a different scale. But black people were, were thriving before welfare. Black families. Yeah, I think from industrial. Yeah. I think from an industrial, like, so let's think about the industrial revolution and whether it was, you know, society was moving into a different era and we were able to get on that train. Do right. You, so no, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't, I wouldn't just say black people were thriving like as a whole. And let me double check because I'm not a history person. But when did the the industrial revolution like I wouldn't put it to like, oh, black people were thriving before before that. And that's because I think everybody was thriving before that and who we were and the, the damage that was already done came back and reared its head. Well, OK, let me say this, you know, home ownership pre 1964 in the black community was about the same that it is now here in 2022. Well, that's a, that's a lot of that, that I think that it can't be just one. There's not one reason why I don't, I wouldn't say that it's because of X, Y, Z home ownership. There's so many things that cause home ownership to decline. Even the mindset of millennials, of what they believe that working 30 years in a job, living in a house and having a 30 year mortgage, like just the concept and the framework of existing has shifted. And remember your millennials are going into their forties that, you know, probably if they would have been drinking the Kool-Aid would have been looking for home ownership, wanting to home own homes, but they're not drinking that Kool-Aid anymore. So there are multiple variables that have contributed to that decline. I'm, I'm just saying, it just seems, I'm just saying the numbers point, skew better to when 
the black man and the black woman were working together in the home together. I mean, what what is the number now? 72% of, of, of black babies are born out of wedlock right now. I mean, it, all this stuff isn't just happening by coincidence. But I mean, we're just we're, we're just having a we're, we're just having a conversation here, Michael. I, you're not saying anything. We're just we're just having a conversation. I was waiting. I was waiting my turn. You're giving you no, giving no, me too no, many things ahead, to explode off at one time. I'm right. going to speak to the fact that the damage that is done is done, and it doesn't matter how many shiny things or how many things happen throughout that process. That unless, like you said, that there is some real conversation about healing and repairing this community, anything that is thrown at us is going to destroy and negatively impact because we never had the conversation or the opportunity to heal from it. So, no, no matter what comes along, you're always going to start at point A. Like you're always it's always going to be a deficit. I, I thoroughly agree. Uh, like I said before, everything that happens to black people, it could be traced back to slavery and white supremacy. Same thing with welfare. Uh, the, the whole welfare thing, you think it popped up at the right, it just popped up at the moment where uh, corporations were going to stop paying people for their production and they just started giving the flat rate and then they had welfare to back them up, kind of like what Walmart does today, where they'll pay you bottom, bottom dollar and then they'll have you know food stamps to make up the difference because that's what the government does. The government is living off of poor people. It's what it does. It, it's Number one, it says, hey, uh, you can't have this guy in the house if you're going to want all this money. And if you, tell a, if you tell a young woman, and I'm going to say young, because a lot of mistakes that women make seem to be in their youth. They do a whole lot of foolishness in their youth. Guys too, but we're talking about women. A lot of foolishness in their youth. Oh, I don't need you. We already got two kids together, but I could do better than you. It's like you already put yourself in a deficit because you got two kids by somebody you said ain't shit. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Michael, Michael, be be Michael. You're not just talking about young women. Be Michael. Be the Michael that, that we know and love. Right. Be well, the reason the reason is they're young. But the, 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 the women that are my age are just as bad. But we're not we're not talk, we're not talking about them. We're talking about welfare times. I'm not. Trust me. I'm not changing who I am. It's just there's reasoning. There's reasonings. And I can't act like they don't exist. Like women chose. They made the choice to get to be in charge. I guess they they decided um, I don't want to have to follow that. I don't want to have to follow a man, right? So they made the choice to I'll take welfare, kick him out. In my own heart, I believe that was the, that was the the kickoff point for the destruction of the black family. In my heart, I know that there's many factors from before then, but as you said, drinking the Kool Aid. I think that was when the Kool Aid was drunk, because right when that happened, we fell apart as a people. I don't, I feel like when they, when they decided, and, and honestly, men, men were messing up. Men were messing up before that. I'm not going to act like they weren't, but women have, men were messing up in line with men. Men were messing up like black men were messing up like white men were messing up or like Puerto Rican men were messing up. We're messing up like men. Women took it and they went off a deep end with it. Black women took it and they, oh, I'm. They they became the favored minority in the next couple of decades after that, which systematically took money from black men. Because when black men were the favored minority, we took off, and when we took off, we took black women with us. I'm not gonna. We, I know people want to act like we didn't, but back in the '80s, it was black men, black women, because it was if you saw a black guy with a white girl, you're like, well, he got jungle fever. This is weird. I remember it. I was alive. So. We were taking them with us. 
But when they became the favorite minority because they were uh, uh, they were black and they were female, they left. And it was, bump you. I'm not thinking about you, regular man. I'm going to go be the best I can be, which I have no problems with. But then they started looking down on regular men. And that's where the divide is. The majority of women think that the top 5% crust men are the only men that are viable. We can't deny that. Women walk around all day and they say, you, you ask a woman right now, oh, uh, what, what kind of guy do you want? They're going to describe uh, upper 5 to 10% men because every woman alive right now that I believe thinks they deserve that. And you don't. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't wake up tomorrow and think I deserve Gabrielle Union. She ain't even my type, but that's not the point. I don't wake up thinking, like, that's me right there. I'm supposed to have that. No. She's supposed to be with someone else in that bracket. And I respect that. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be, well, I'm not going to say numbers, but I know what number I think I am, and I live in that range. Black women don't have a range. A black woman could be a two. What? She deserves. No, I'm being, I'm being dead serious. She could be a two and be like, Michael B. Jordan better stop playing and call me. Like, that's how they feel. I think it's that's, the opposite. I feel like, you know, you have a black man that may be a two and he's feeling and he feels because, you know, maybe he has more to bring to the table or he well endowed or somebody told him otherwise. He he might feel like he's going to get a Gabrielle Union. Like, I Mia, think it goes Mia, both ways. Mia said, I, 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 but wait, wait, wait. I don't want to go there. I want to go and talk about. I do. No, I do want to go. Before, I just want to ask you one thing. I, I just. But before that, before that, I have to put context to the conversation that if you think about, we're talking about 1965, the introduction of welfare. We have to talk about that between 1939 and 1945, that 2.5 million african-american men served in world war ii right and then the question is did those men get the same benefits of the men that died in world war ii that were not black did their wives reap the benefits or get the benefits or again were black women left to fend for themselves see this is why i always talk to black women because i would never even have thought of that like, in my mind, the, the vantage point that I see it as is these men, it was like when Winnie Mandela, when Winnie Mandela woke up and Nelson Mandela got released from prison, she's like, oh, snap. Now he's back. I've been running this household for however many years, and now he's going to walk in and think he's going to run stuff. Nah, bro, it's not going to work. And then he had to leave, and they had to get a divorce. Like, they were, all these years he was in prison, it was, it was fine. The second he gets home, you got to go. So in my mind, I see it as when they took, when they got power and they held on to power and the man came back, and was like, all right, I'm back here. And she was like, I'm not giving the power away. I fought all the time to get this power. I'm not giving it up. But to see it from that man, it's, that's why you got to have so many different people in the conversation because you can't tell me, and this is from my own personal life. You can't tell me that once a woman gets a certain amount of power or a certain amount of treatment that she can go back. It is impossible. I, I remember girls who used to date a guy on a bike. And the second she dated a dude with a car, she looked at a dude on a bike like he, who him? I've never even known him before. But a Huffy, what's that? My dude got a Corolla. And the second she dated a dude in a sports car, she don't even know what a regular car is. I've seen, I've seen it happen at my high school. I think that's just human nature, too. Like, I think. Not, if, not for men. I think if you, well, I think if you've acquired a level, like if you, you've graduated or you feel like you've bought yourself up by the bootstrap. 
then, you know, there's certain things that you're not willing to go back to because, you know, I've had that conversation. People have absolutely called me spoiled or they'll make comments like that. And I think to myself, I was like, nobody ever gave me anything. My spoil didn't come from being daddy's little girl. My spoil didn't come from, you know, my parents had things lined up for me. I have worked hard for everything that I have. So, yeah, I cannot see myself going back and saying that I'm going to be with somebody that doesn't understand the fight that is within me and wanting to continue to accelerate forward. Like I can't be stagnant with you. And I think that might be a different context conversation. Please, please hold I that thought. Please, I, please hold that thought. I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, hold on, hold on, hold on, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause I got to get this out. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, me, I, I need you to finish what you were going to say, but you're, you see what you just said. You said, because you've labored, you've worked, you've done this, you've done this, 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 yeah. this, you've done it, you've done it, you've done it. The problem you mentioned that these, these guys that are twos think that they deserve women that are tens because the women that are tens act like all that just because they look the way they do that that's sufficient enough you see how you said i i wouldn't blame you for not wanting to go back after you work so hard to accomplish everything but a lot of these women don't bring shit to the table they may look like tens they may look like tens they may think that their sex is the greatest in the world which that's debatable um but it's it's it, it's always about money to them. It, it It is. So that's where someone like you who's worked for everything you have versus somebody who just woke up one morning and said, oh, I look pretty. So give me everything. It doesn't, no, well, that doesn't I work. I definitely agree that there's two distinctive different type of women out there. Like, I'm sorry. Like I, like I, I, when I joined the military and because I was a little lit raised in a little bubble, I didn't know all of the different type of people out there. Like I definitely was sheltered. I can honestly agree to that part that I did not know that there were so many variations of sex, love and lies. Because, you know, I'm a little Haitian girl raised in a Christian household. And, you know, my vantage point of the world was very different. And so, yes, you do have that happening. But, you know, from my vantage point, I'm like, as a woman, you want to be protected. You want to be, you know, loved and you want to be taken care of. And if that was something that was never taught to you, you're not looking for that. I am going to explore her narrative and her context, her framework. Like, how was she raised? Why did you ever become, how did you become this person? Everybody has a story. Instead of just assuming the words that this is how, this is what you chose. Not the fact that your story, your life, whatever happened to you, led you to become who you are. And not that you chose this pathway, because if I see a woman that's promiscuous and out there and, you know, trying to say, oh, I'm owning my sexuality and everything, I would be curious to explore, like, what is, tell me your story. And I'm, I promise you, and I'm not saying that there are, that there's sexual abuse, but I think I was having this conversation with Michael and it was like one in four black women are sexually abused. One in four, Trevor. So if I if one one and four that's Shelly Marie Kira Mia abused Stacy Jennifer you know one in four so yeah 
What is her problem? How did she become to believe that that is the way that she needs to be? How did she matriculate into this world with everything that happened to her? And this is the end product. I'm not looking at her from a point of disgust and, you know, something is wrong with you. And it's, I'm like, what happened to you, sis? And I think uh, that's uh, Trevor. Both, but we're not having those conversations. You see why it's hard to go back and forth with her, Trevor? Take that. <laughs> Take that. She hit you in the field. I, I heard your feeling over there, bro. <laughs> See, that's what you do. I, you be getting mad at me, like, bro. Why don't you? I'm like, because she make points. She make points that are like, as a man, we 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 focus on logic. We focus on this doesn't make sense because of this. But she's coming from a place where I, I respect that it doesn't make sense, but maybe it doesn't make sense because you don't see this lining or this side, and and it's hard to like because like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, man. Me, me as a beast, I give it to her. And, and it's not even from a place of, like, to win a debate. She really feels like, you know what I mean? She really has, like, the, the love of the community. And I do, too, but mine is mine is more, hey, man, stop all that bullshit and let's, let's fix it. You know what I'm saying? Hers is, like, rubbing your back with, like, the, the cold compress on your forehead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, the, that's why it's harder because, like, sometimes you need the compress. Sometimes you need the back rub. And I can tell you that from a... From a man who was in a relationship where his girl rubbed his head one time in eight years. Well, I think it's just in the delivery. I think all of our conversations and what we're having is valid and how we feel is valid. But I, I'm sorry. I'm, I, we have to go to the root of the problem. And then well, we can come forward with solutions. But until we'll if we never. just go the problem, we just because we have these problem saturated stories. We are always focusing on a problem. We have tra we have been trained to just focus on the problem. Problem saturated. But what is the solution? How do we fix this? That's why I said, like, with me, I don't play those games. I had a daughter and me and my sister had a code because we were one and four. It was both of us. That when my daughter, like you only sleep here and here, those are your only two choices. And I don't trust nobody with my daughter. Because one woman, a misplaced woman, a misguided woman, a woman that has suffered sexual trauma, a woman that has experienced trauma impacts two generations after her. Two generations. A ruined woman, quote unquote. If she don't get it together, two generations of women are impacted. So if we could just get it right, we say two generations? Get y'all ass in therapy. And I've told you, number one, yo, say that again. Get your asses in therapy. That's a big fact. Fix it. We're Don't too sensitive. Ugh. That's why right. I told you we're too sensitive. As a race, we'll ne it'll ne we're too sensitive. We, uh, it's automatic anger. It's mm -hmm. automatic anger. It's automatic. No, because, and that's why I don't, that, like, you, you've been on my page. You see me. I try to have a conversation with people. No, you hate women, and you this. And I'm like, all right, shorty, cool. I hate women, but you know I'm I'm from a single you know I'm from a, um, a, a single mom. I have a daughter. All of my closest friends are female, but I hate women. You you right? You got it. That's what I'm telling you. I don't get mad. There's no you can't solve anything with angry people. You can't solve anything but hurt people. That's why those conversations can't be had with them. But it breaks mm -hmm. my heart because you can't save the race without them. Right. That's why I that's why I messed with Kevin Samuels because he got to people in a way that he might make nine women in the room mad, but there's the nine angry women in the room are pissed off. But the 20 quiet women in the back, like that made a lot of sense. 
because a lot because people aren't gonna people don't they, they don't understand uh, how um a loud person can suck and this is coming from a loud person a loud person can suck out the energy in the room they can make it all about them right i which i do not do if y'all start snicking in the background to hell with y'all but they can make other people afraid I, that i've never anyone has ever had a class with me they'll tell you i've never made it made it so other people couldn't speak never been that person but they make it so people just they'll just wilt away but they might can they might get a nugget of the message so that's why i keep doing what i do because there, I might have the, the the couple, the loud five, six women who go, you woman hater, but there's a bunch of women in my DMs like, yo, what you said made sense. Could you, like, like, how do you think, why do you think it's like that? What do you think? And then I get to have these great conversations with women who people don't even know talk to me. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's why I can't stop. Because I, I want my daughter to, ha- I want my daughter to have a nice young man. I want my daughter to have a nice, you know what I'm saying? I want my daughter to be happy. I want to be in an in a old ass man in the, in the basement looking up and my grandkids come down like, Hey grandpa. I'm like, yeah, you know, grandpa was wilding back in the day, but I made sure your mama's good. Like I want that. Why can't I have that? So, and I mean, uh, I knew this was going to be great. I knew this was going to be great, but um, yeah, this, this, this conversation wasn't ever going to stay where we thought it was going to stay, but I got, we got like, why you be trying? we got you like 10 stop. minutes left. Let so I want to, um, I want to, I want to kind of bring it home. Um, I do have a question for you guys. I need to, I got a question for you from a listener that I want, I want both of you guys to answer and then we'll kind of wrap it up. Um, and, and this is from Ben and he wants to know, um, do you guys feel that black women support, uh, black men enough? Do black women support black men enough? And I'm going to yield my time to the black man because <laughs> I want to respect the fact that you have let me go first and then I answer. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm, let me tell you this. And, and this is just a little side note. You comport yourself in a certain manner that demands you're treated a certain way. A lot of people, black women, listen, could learn from you. I could never, I could never see myself raising my voice at you for that specific reason. People say demand respect. Demanding respect doesn't mean walking in a room being an a-hole. Demanding respect means you respect yourself and other people have no other choice but to do that. That is what you're seeing, ladies and gentlemen, from my esteemed colleague. Now, back to your point. I think black women, they seem to only support black men when it's big things. And they do it better than anyone. Hmm. Like I know black guys get mad and they probably gonna get mad at me for this. But when it's when it's killing time, when it's lynching time, when it's they coming for you, they coming for you. When it comes down to those things, black women are always on the front line. And I will give it to them. They de- they defend us like no one else. But when it's one on one, it's not there. When it's one on one, it's not I tell people all the time and I you and I, I stole this from Kevin Samuels. Whenever I'm having an argument with a woman, and I'm and I tell her, so you think it's okay to act like this? She's like, yep. And I'm like, so you would tell your son to be with a woman that acts like you're acting right now, and then they have to stop, and they have to think. Like I wouldn't want my son to be with a, a woman who just wants him for his pockets. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want my my child my son to be in a situation where he's where he's seen as just a thing. 
and that's what we that's what we are now. It's he 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 needs to be six foot tall. He needs to have dick that does this. He needs to have a tongue that does this. He needs to fix everything in the house, and then he needs to this that and the third. And then I ask him, so w- w- what you doing? Oh, I'm fine. What are you talking about? You don't see what I look like? I've had a girl say, yo, I've had a girl tell me that on the date. We were out, and I was like, so what would you do? And she was like, oh, look at me. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're done. <laughs> and she was, I ain't gonna lie, she was fine. I ain't gonna cap. She was bad. And oh, Trevor, you, you know how I feel about you know how I feel about the word fine. Oh, she God. was fine. Mia, same, well, same, same, her, like, <laughs> same question, because oh, okay, okay, we are I'm really like, running out of time. Can you repeat the question? So do you feel that black women support uh, black men enough? This is like a two-edged sword because um, it just, you know I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go back to what was she taught, right? What was she taught as the framework for how she deals with a black man? And if I've never had an experience with a black man, meaning that there was no father in the home and there weren't no uncles that stepped up, or I don't. I don't know how to treat a black man. Like I remember when I first started becoming a therapist before I became a therapist and I would look at the women that pawn over their men and it was just like, you know, honey and just so in love. This was before I went and did my work, you know, do undamaging the damage that had been done so that I would be able and be open to that type of love because I didn't even realize that I was blocking it out or that I wasn't capable of it because of my strange relationship with my father, the relationship that never existed. I didn't know how to respond to a black man. So how could I respect and love a black man? So it all goes back to the framework. And I can say this from my heart, like I am a much better lover of man, of a black man now because I did my part and I healed from it. But the person that I was before, they're not approached. I didn't have that trust. I didn't have I didn't have the feeling of knowing that I was going to be supported because I never experienced that. My father never supported me. He never hugged me. Hell, I never heard I love you from my father so that if that is the framework of which i am navigating in this thing called life then i'm not going to be the woman that is capable of giving that love and support and respect well um and i i kind of knew that this was going to happen and i'll probably hold my response off for later um we're we're about to run out of time and i knew we would just because hopefully we there's so many things that we didn't even get to touch on that i wanted to which is fine because that just means that we'll have to come back for part two um so the audience can digest this i got one last question for you guys we got like legit four minutes um before i got to shut it down so we, we we've we've talked about okay. everything we've talked about we've we've talked about the root of slavery we talked about how we feel about it everything and emotions flew in the clinical we got the clinical answer and a lot of things so now my final question to you to the both of you how do we get back i'm gonna be honest with you you know i'm very disappointed in the black church Oh God! Um, that could be an episode of his. Oh my God! Bars. If you want to do that show, we can. Oh my God! 
Um, because if we think about everything that we have accomplished um, collectively, it has been organized through, you know, black church. And now they're just taking like a, a outward stance of just not being part of the solution and just kind of really just sitting back and just letting things happen and not truly addressing all of the things within our, our families and communities. It's on the pulpit. Like if we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about everything. It's not just about hell and heaven. You know, there are so many other things that create a life on this planet that matters, that needs to be addressed and to be put in place and to really be a support system and do what it was intended to do. Like if we're a congregation and we help each other, like are we having financial classes? Because if, 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 the, if the black church is embedded into the black community and that's where we can reach them and start there. Wherever we are, meet if the football field, little league football field is where we got all of the parents gathering because everybody want their child to be the next great hope, start there. We got to meet them where they are. <laughs> I'd like to apologize in advance for, for how I'm about to respond to this question. Uh, people who know me and talk to me on a one-to-one on on -one personal basis know I'm a fatalistic person. I don't think we can, bro. I think, white mm -hmm. I think if we got to a point where it started looking like we were going to solve it, white supremacy would find another way to they throw something else in there, bro. Uh, they would, they'd say uh, women with their real eyebrows ain't shit, and then it would start some big old uh, real eyebrows. Uh, it it don't matter what it is, it they 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 will destroy it. They are the they are the greatest that like people love to say the Illuminati and black people. Man, we ain't had enough power in time to be able to be a part of an Illuminati. If there is one, it's a bunch of old white people that set a bunch of laws up a long time ago and everyone else is just letting it keep going. Like redlining, I'm pretty sure there's people who are like, oh, I didn't I didn't realize we were keeping black people in the in the projects by how we were giving out loans. I was just signing signing off and doing my job because that's what human beings do. Human beings just pass the buck. Someone else will do something good. Someone else will do something right. I'm just trying to get my check and get my daughter fed at night. And that's what's going to happen. It'll never be fixed. Just like humankind won't be fixed. Trump's going to win the next election and burn all this shit down. And I'll be I'll, I'll be fine with it. Fuck humans. Where? <laughs> where? Where? Where can we? Where, God. Where? Where can we? Where? Where can we find you, Mia? Um, I am at a newway.com. A n n e w w a y a newway.com. You know, I always tell people like. Just book an appointment, have a conversation, start somewhere um, because nobody's coming to save us. You know, sometimes it's, a, it's an inside job. So, you know, maybe if you take care of and start within your household, then we, we put out people in this earth that, to do good because we did our part in our household. So start with you. Um, yeah, go to a new and it says start your journey. Start there. Michael, what about you? Uh. Uh, I'm not fly like me is. I'm just Michael Francis <laughs> on Facebook. It's a nice, pretty picture that my my cousin just drew of a tattoo I've always wanted of a half angel, half demon. Uh, on Instagram, I'm the League, T H A L E A G U E, a, a nickname somebody gave me because they were making fun of me, and it ended up turning into a term of endearment. I'm on TikTok doing foolishness. You could just just Michael Francis. You'll find me. Listen, I, I want to thank you guys so much because most people don't know the behind the scenes that it takes to to put a show like this together. 
um, we have our own secret group, the three of us, where we just banter back and forth ideas. And this show was supposed to happen about a month ago, but everything happens in this perfect time. And as I'm looking at my clock, um, just blink me down. Um, and I know that I had another show planned for the 50th show of Straight Talk with Trevor, but I think that this was a perfect way to do my 50th episode. I thank you guys for continuously listening to my listening to my show. I thank all my guests that have come on. I especially thank these two because they keep me on my toes and they always keep me thinking about the next show. Wait until you hear that man talk Monday with me and Michael. It's going to be insane because he won't be in, as toned down as he was tonight. I guess he's, <laughs> I guess he's just trying to be um, he's trying to be cool because there's a lady on the line. But um, I'm not. She brings it out of me, bro. She does it. But but I I really I really I really appreciate you guys coming on, man. We've known each other for forever. I've known Michael since elementary school, and I've known Mia since middle school. And it's you know you always rekindle and meet back up with people for different reasons. And I always say that this show I want the show to be the voice of the voices, where we have conversations that other people will not have, because it's easy to turn on a podcast right now and they're talking about bullshit. They're talking about the latest car. They're talking about who's having sex with who, who's doing this. But nobody is trying to attack the root of the problem to get the black people, get the black community back on one accord. And I do agree with Michael. I don't think it's ever going to happen. But then I also agree with Mia. I believe that the church plays a major role in the demise of the black community. And we can have that conversation. Anybody wants to have that with me. So, um, again... <laughs> she had a nerve when she said that too. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> I thank my guests again for coming on, man. This, this was tremendous. Episode fifty, and remember, after episode five, I wanted to call it quits, and I didn't want to do this anymore. But here we are, fifty episodes in, over ten thousand listens. I mean, this, this is crazy. I, I love it. This is my passion, and we're going to continue. I have to know, Trevor. I have to know, Trevor. Did you, did you start? it when we had that conversation a long time ago and you stopped and like i always wonder like so what made you pick it up and go like go full throttle as you have and oh, look at me trying to flip interview okay. you okay so yeah because yeah, i mean it's no yeah, no no i'll tell no i'll tell you what happened I, um it's funny because we were we were you were arguing with um you were arguing with somebody on a on a post and I was like, man, I was thinking about having a podcast. That, was, that, that would have been a good um, conversation. And you sent me a link, the anchor link. And the next day, my wife sent me that same anchor link. She had already set everything up without me even knowing, just based on the conversation, oh, no, just based on the that conversation that wife. we had. So that's how that started. So when after I listened to your show, because I would listen to it in the mornings and I'm like, damn, I really think I could do this. And so, yeah, and I told my wife, I was like, listen, man, my friend does it and listen to how that goes. She does a quick like 30 minute show and it just it just took off from there. But after like maybe show five, I was like, man, this is crazy because, you know, to listen because you, you always think your friends are going to support you and everything, which they don't, um, which nope. which now I'm understanding is fine, whatever. Um, and, and I got depressed and I took about six months off and then, um, somebody was telling me, I, I would listen to Kev on stage and he said that in order to be good at podcasting, you have to do at least a hundred episodes. And it was something about that, that just lit a fire under my ass. And I went and upgraded all my equipment and it just took off from there. So, 
Just tell the truth, man. You thought the men and they ignited you, bro. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, no. She actually, everybody plays a pivotal role. She's the one who, it was an argument that I saw her having with someone else that even made me be like, damn, well, I really think I could do this. Yeah, no, I, can remember, I can remember Trevor from middle school. Like, I can remember just, you know, Trevor was always a extreme conversationalist, right? Like, always talking, like, whether, whether, and whoever you were talking to, whoever you were talking to, it was like, you knew all, everybody at Parkway, like, you just knew everybody, and everybody knew Trevor, and, I didn't you know, know that punk, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I couldn't imagine, I mean, no, I, I think that this is, you know, your, 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 your podcast has, you keep thinking your guests. I think it's important for your guests to thank you because, too, I think we all want something to be done. And it is very hard to carry the mantle and say that I'm going to do it. So on your 50th episode, you know, we want to say thank you for carrying this mantle, taking it up and making it, letting it be your charge. And we look forward to another thousand episodes. If you can't get enough of Straight Talk with Trevor, be sure to like our Facebook page. You'll get page-only exclusives like links to early shows and behind-the-scenes video footage. You can also participate in polls that might shape future shows. The best thing about our Facebook page is that's where you can get in direct contact with Trevor. You can also leave show topics, reviews, or even request to be a guest on the show. Again, like us on Facebook and thank you for your continued support.